Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 355. On this episode, we've got some, well, a bunch of renewal news. And then we'll also be discussing the series premiere of Riverdale, the second season premiere of The Magicians, the first season finale of Sweet Vicious, and recent episodes of Arrow and Flash. Plus, we've got some uh, TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 355. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle Nolan from NoReruns.net. And I'm Ray. And she's Ray. As no, she always go at the end just because yeah. it fits. I don't have Ray. <laughs> well, it, it does sort I'm of. A little bit of a. <laughs> it, it does kind of flow like that. Also, because sometimes, like, when you write it up as well, like, if you say, it would not, not necessarily with Ray or whatever, but somebody, like, recently with Ivy, since he's not necessarily associated with anything right now. If you put Ivy before somebody else and it sounds like, oh, it's Ivy and Kyle from NoReruns.net. You know, like they're both from when you're reading it, it's you're like, are they separate? Are they the same? So, yeah, to make Ray comfortable, even when she's on in a, an extra week or something like that, leave her in her, her third spot there. It would throw me off if I'd had to go after you. <laughs> I don't think I would have talked. <laughs> And with that, we'll jump into the news, which some of it from last week's podcast we were hoping would are things that would come back, but we'll get to those uh, in a bit. Uh, first up, ABC announced that they have renewed the middle for a ninth season. I'm still enjoying it, but I'm wondering what they're going to do to keep going. I mean, eventually these kids are going to be so old. I still Brick is out of high school, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you still have I mean, there's always there's always things you can do. It's not necessarily a surprise that they've renewed it since that's always you know, it never you know, reached the heights of like Modern Family or something like that, but it's always been a really solid uh, performer for them. But the thing that's hard to believe is you're just like, "Really? Next season will be 9?" Like, <laughs> yeah. like was it really that long ago that that and you know, and like Modern Family and stuff like that has been has been around. Was <laughs> sadly for all of us, it was that long. It's only in the middle of its eighteen years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. Looking back at it, it could have been like one of the first shows we could have talked about on the podcast because it's about the same. Started uh, pretty close in the same time there, I think. But uh, next up, uh, Amazon has renewed. Mozart in the Jungle for a fourth season, and then also renewed Red Oaks for a third season, but that will be its last season. So third and final season of Red Oaks, fourth season of Mozart in the Jungle, and potentially could go on for more after that. Once he gets out of the jungle, they have <laughs> even more seasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know. I kind of like Mozart in the Jungle, but just never watched it. Yeah, I like the pilot. That's I thought Red I Oaks was sort of overdone, although it did hit in that 80s, you know, like nostalgia type thing. But I don't know. It didn't work as well for me. I had planned to watch Red Oaks season two and then my free trial of Amazon ran out. So 
if they would just sell these things on Blu-ray, if, I'd buy them. But if only Amazon had either a longer trial or less shows that I wanted to watch, <laughs> I could have got them in in the free trial. There's always next Christmas. Yeah. Or or anytime, just go to tvtimes3.com/prime and sign up for your free month of Amazon Prime, and you too could watch Mozart in the Jungle and Red Oaks. All right. Next up, Bravo has renewed Top Chef for a 15th season, uh, which is also not a surprise. I mean, little go on. There's a, there's a certain number of like these type of reality competition shows that don't seem like there's ever going to be uh, <laughs> an end to them because they're you can just recycle people and have all star seasons and yeah you can and and the more the more seasons you do the more people you know past contestants you can bring back in future ones and then you can have the you know pretty soon they can how many do they usually start with i think it's like 16 or 18 i don't remember they're only a season or so away from being able to have a season where they just bring back the champions from every season (laughs) (laughs) for a season don't give them ideas (laughs) (laughs) On a smaller scale, they do that on Chopped all the time, you know, where they bring back past people that have won an episode of Chopped to go up against other people that have won an episode of Chopped. So why not do it for seasons? Uh, Speaking of Food Network, they have renewed ginormous foods for a second season, which I'm sure Kyle is happy about so he can find potentially more places to find 30 pounds of pumpkin spice pancakes. pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Which is is apparently only a couple hours drive from where he is now. (laughs) Some of this food, I I don't know how anyone could possibly ever eat the portions. Yeah, it it does seem more like the it's it's the uh, more like family style. Like you order the giant 30 pounds of pancakes and then everybody gets a wedge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you need to take, uh, you know, family or friends with you. Freeform has upped their order of Young and Hungry for season five. Apparently they had originally ordered 10. Now they've ordered another 10, making it a full season of 20. I wonder if it's because they decided not to do the spinoff, so they're just going back to... (laughs) (laughs) We'll just order twice as many of the regular one. Yeah, who knows? I guess uh, that could be. You know, they'd fill, they were going to maybe fill that same time period, you know, when that next 10 episodes was going to be. And so they needed something to put there. So they can continue on with that. And then getting to the things that we talked about last week that we that we thought were <laughs> had good potential to possibly come back. But we weren't sure if they were going to come back. NBC today, as we're recording this uh, earlier today, announced that they have renewed The Good Place for a second season, so... That is forking good news. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) That there, and then also TNT earlier, or uh, earlier last week, renewed The Librarians for a fourth season, so... So both of the shows that we talked about not knowing if they were coming back last... (laughs) on the last episode, both got renewed since then, and at least before we recorded this episode so that we could uh, talk a little bit about it, as well as it was also announced that uh, Schitt's Creek is apparently either on or going to soon be on Netflix, which we... It is on now. I think it was like the day after we (laughs) recorded. Which we weren't sure if it was... We were looking to see if it was on and it wasn't on and then where it was and then 
now it is. So that's another place that you can find that show uh, as well. Uh, and uh, I'm interested to see another. I was, ne- you know, never as big a fan as everybody else of the Good Place, but with the twist, I'm interested to see where they go or what they do with the second season. And then I can always, I'm always interested in librarians. I still like, I like that that show gets enough ratings for TNT that they're like, well, it doesn't fit with the direction that we're heading, but <laughs> we, we, it'll be a much darker, grittier yeah. fourth season. It is a show that harkens back to the days of, you know, like things like Psych or Monk or the other quote unquote leverage. Yeah, or even like Leverage on TNT, but, you know, the quote-unquote Blue Sky shows on, on, you know, USA Network uh, before they turned into the Dark Skies Network. And everybody else seemed to follow suit into the the realm of darkness. Uh, But, yeah, I can always watch more Librarians. That show's fun. So, and I like a good, a good fun TV show. And with that, we'll move on to uh, Prime Time and talk about a fun TV show, which is... Why it's Kyle's favorite show in the, in the Arrowverse is because the Flash has more of a fun vibe to it most of the time. But we return here with uh, season three, episode ten, borrowing problems from the future. And uh, we'll start with you, Ray. What are you thinking of the Flash? Well, this week it was definitely the more humorous episode. <laughs> I don't know, you guys. <laughs> I'm kind of down on both The Flash and Arrow. <laughs> um, I'm not really engaged too much, although I did love all of the... I wish they would fix the outside of, side of Star Labs. Because <laughs> that thing has been, whatever, run down forever. Um, but I liked the whole museum subplot. I... <sighs> I did like the little joke they made because the whole Gideon and the <laughs> the computer from the future, <laughs> whatever they call that room. Um, for the person I watched the show with, both of us are very – when the season started, we were like, why do they never <laughs> talk about that room? Anyway, um, so I liked the little joke when um, Iris walks in there and she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot this room existed. <laughs> I, I forgot this place even existed. <laughs> Because um, that's how we felt uh, <laughs> for a long time. Anyway, I mean, I guess I like the idea that the headlines all have to do with the things. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the whole you can change the future thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's a interesting, an interesting thing. Also, just based on we know – him having changed the past <laughs> can change. Yeah, why aren't they all bringing that up? <laughs> can obviously change the future. So I don't understand why there's a conversation about can you change the future when obviously you can do something that changes how things are going to happen. Uh, we've seen that multiple times in this show. Yeah, but that's when he travels to the past and changes something. I know, so but I, you would I, think I, that you would think that there would be a corollary that. If, well, right. That if he you could knew, also change. If you knew that there was something that was going to happen in the future, and you changed that, that it would potentially change something, you know, True. down the future. I'm not so sure that I. Granted, it all the headlines were relatively like spot on 
and had to do with like somebody in the group or something that they would do, which would be like track down criminals or or things like that. So it seemed like this future day of headlines seemed to be uh, a little too perfect as to uh, but also just because you were able to keep the museum open or, you know, why do you think that that's the thing that keeps, you know, whatever, whatever else from happening? So I'm not so sure I go, I'm. Well, I'm not sure they're thinking that thing. They're just thinking if you change every one of those headlines, we've changed the future. But that yeah. doesn't mean they've changed the actual yeah, but they seem to moment. Think, yeah, but they seem to think that if they do that, that it'll lead to her not dying there. And so while I agree that changing those things will change the future in some way from right. what it, it is now, I'm not sure that that necessarily saves Iris. Yeah, there's no guarantee that, like, of a certain outcome based on what they change. No, I would agree with that completely. But as a setup for, you know, the rest of the season, is that... I mean, We've got all our episodes mapped yeah, out. Okay, yeah. and this week we're doing this one. And they wrote it out on the board for us, so we don't even have to go back to that room that we never see. <laughs> like, we can just look at the, the chalkboard. Well, no, surely he has to go back there every once in a while to check the headline to see how he's... <laughs> well, it does definitely have the... Uh, what was there, like, seven things or something like that? So that is, like, a good number of, you know, at least half the episodes <laughs> that you could see uh, going forward. Well, and I do like it when everybody's... On the on same page? Board. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I do like that they brought Draco into the uh, into the mix now. And his I, I love his small talk, too. He's like, oh, that's good, because all my other partners got killed <laughs> by the last time. They're like, oh, you got to work on that. Like That's not very encouraging for the rest of the group. <laughs> but, I did like that, too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see now that he's like sort of the nice guy, how he fits in with the group. And how he helps them out. But yeah, like you said, I, I, this is one of the more fun, funner, I don't know what the right word is, of the... <laughs> <laughs> this and, and Supergirl are, are the fun ones. Uh, I guess Arrow is really the only dark, dark one. Although this was an episode where you have to tell your girlfriend that she, you saw her die in the future. It puts a little... Uh, it puts a little... Damper on the housewarming party? <laughs> yeah, a little, little Paul in the situation, a little... <laughs> Yeah, it brings things down just a little bit, but I like how everybody's always like, you need to tell, we need to tell everybody stuff. And then he finally tells Iris and then Iris is like, yo, we're not telling dad. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a limit to how far we tell. (laughs) And in some respects, I kind of get her reasoning, except for what exactly do you think Joe would think he would be able to do to stop Savitar that the rest of you can't do? (laughs) You know, it's already a, a speed force being that nobody else can really see and whatnot. So it, it's some sometimes stuff like that where I get the reasoning sort of like, you know, you saw what when what he did when Wally was, you know, injured or problems or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, but really, what <laughs> what is he going to do against? Uh, I don't know. Some of that stuff is. To take that futuristic gun and go Rambo on them. I just would like, I kind of, I just hope that season four, they find a villain that has nothing to, has nothing to do but hang out with Barry and do with the speed force, (laughs) like is not another speed thing of some some sort. I don't know. It just ultimately it makes it seem like 
it's the the same storyline over and over. It is the same storyline over and over because you know, like Barry in the first season, Barry is fast, but he's not fast enough. He needs to get faster. Uh, he thinks you know to catch to catch the bad guy, even though the bad guy wants actually wants him to get faster because he wants to. St- and then it's the same thing in the next season, <laughs> except now they found an f- even faster bad guy because he got faster, but now he's not fast enough to get the next one. Uh, but that one wants to steal his power as well, and you just and you know and then you're like, okay, now we have a big weird monster that's also fast and but is faster and he's not fast enough. I go, I've heard this story somewhere before. So yeah, I would like to, I would hope that they could go some other, some other direction. There's, there's got to be some place else they could go. There'll be another Harrison Wells that comes back. And... <laughs> <laughs> I at least like that setup for the ability to give him a different, <laughs> you give him a new character to play each year. Uh, in some respects, I do like that, uh, you know, that they're playing off of that idea that there are multiple uh, versions and it, at least it's a reasoning that makes sense to keep, you know, him around. Although the one thing I, I was thinking when I'm watching this, like, don't people still h- hate the original guy? So how can he be out in public running the museum? No, remember he's wearing some, what is he wearing? Uh... Yeah, like oh, a glamour. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he has. We that. still see it all the time, but he's wearing the glamour. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he made it special so that everybody there, so that the cameras see him as well. That every <laughs> that they can all see what he actually looks like, but everybody else and everything else that sees him sees whatever the face that he is, you know, put on uh, in, in such a way they from a magical tech from his world that they don't have in this one, which I'm perfectly fine with. Like that's perfectly (laughs) fine. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me in the least. Like that is, that's one of those things I go fine. That's a perfectly good explanation in the world that you've set up works for me. (laughs) But then yet, well, we'll, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to arrow in in a bit, but then on arrow, you find out that, that bad guy got into Star Labs and stole somebody. Uh, and yet they still have no security in this place for whatever reason. I don't or no. Yeah, really. I'm thinking if you're going to make it a museum, you should add some security, especially since you have bad guys <laughs> still down there in those cells. And they, and they added, I mean, they've made reference to adding or upgrading security in over the, over the course of it yet. It doesn't work. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> and and I'd be fine, too, if somebody got in. But if something if something went off and told them that they got in or that because this is apparently something that happened and nobody had any idea. I mean, shouldn't they have some kind of alarm just on the cell so that they know if somebody gets out of a yeah, cell? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like if the cell is empty all of a sudden, shouldn't they have something that's checking that every once in a while? Yeah, and if and if so, don't you just like make a call like <laughs> to other people that might be interested in knowing such a you know such a thing? I don't, They're a little busy. It's it's, it's, it's <laughs> things no like for it. <laughs> it's those types of uh, I don't know. It's sometimes it's those attention to details type things that 
Uh, you're like, you spent a whole thing coming up with a way that Harrison Wells can walk out into the thing, but you can't do something that we're, that here on the other side, just people just are able to get, and some people, and some people end up in that aren't even, you know, like have any abilities or something like that necessarily and stuff sometimes. I don't know. I'm concerned about how they're taking care of these prisoners. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. How exactly. At least over on era, we see them have to like give them water and have a conversation about how you're going to go to the bathroom. Didn't they have that with Diggle's brother? Whatever. Yeah. My point is. <laughs> or, or yeah. Or, or they, these days now have shipped them off to, you know, to the to the prison or whatever, and so you just figure, okay, they've got it taken care of over there, uh, type of thing. They do that on the Flash too. You know, they've sent them off to the you know to the prison, except they still have some in Star Labs, and so them off after getting away. And so you're like, why? <laughs> what are you doing? Like. Is there like a crew of people we don't know about that like come through? Well, see, there's a, there's their spinoff sitcom that they could do, yes. like Life at the Prison. <laughs> they could do a sitcom <laughs> of the janitors and everyone else who who run the prison. They could also call it Powerless. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of like almost like a zookeepers where they uh, they feed and and clean <laughs> the cages or something. <laughs> Lord, if you get Kevin James, if he didn't have a, uh, if he didn't have his series, I still enjoy it for some of the character stuff and 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 for you know some of the some of the other stuff. But then you get into the you know the main storyline, and I'm like, uh, I'm not super interested in like the uh, necessarily the main storyline. I am glad that he finally did bring everybody in instead of he's just the one having nightmares and and always dealing with it. Uh, how many times do you have to see that the team aspect works better <laughs> before uh, you just let people in uh, a little, you know, a little sooner on things. Agreed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. All right. So uh, that's the flash. Uh, we'll talk about arrow here in a minute, but uh, first up before that, we're going to talk a little Sweet Vicious, Season 1, Episode 9, An Innocent Man, and Episode 10, Pure Heroine, which is was the uh, season finale, or together were the two-part uh, season finale. Why was it named that? Am I, is there something there I'm missing? Her, is like, is it a, was it a heroine with an E at the end? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, what is that? And then I realized as I was typing it out to figure out what it was that it was heroin. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's kind of a pun. You must not have seen the unrated cut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, where they you know that, they strapped him up where and... the, the you know that bong. I mean, that bong was up. the bong was just a gateway drug. <laughs> Pretty soon, <laughs> they were really they were really getting into it. I mean, there was some drug usage from the bong, and then yeah. well, the other guy. I well, can't they remember did his have, name. They did have some uh, cocaine in there, so you know, I guess there's no reason why there couldn't have been somebody. I guess uh, shooting up somewhere, but but yeah. So uh, so Kyle, what do you think of? Of sweet vicious and how uh, things 
ended. I thought they did a good job of how it ended. I was surprised. I was honestly shocked when they came back with the verdict to her case and said that they found him guilty. I mean, I knew it was going to have to get overturned, but I didn't even think that they were going to believe her. Like, Lane already proved that she was, like, a jerk, and I didn't think she was going to to vote that way uh, and and uh, and find him guilty. But then I, I liked how, after that, like, they had all of the uh, sorority, like, they all, like, were, like, gung-ho for the... Uh, for the sweet vicious uh, revenge plot and like we're all signed up to help out and so that was a lot of fun watching them plot that although it bugged me like when they're in the thing and they're playing the thing on the tv and the guy's there with the remote control trying to turn it off it won't turn off he's right there next to the tv to <laughs> unplug it or power it off by hand like <laughs> but i guess everyone's just so used to just using a remote they forget that you can uh, actually manually turn things off <laughs> well it would have been funnier if somebody else had just walked up and <laughs> like turned it off right like because it yeah. does happen that you're like how do i turn this off how do i get anyway or if they had tried to figure out on the tv because all of these tvs their off buttons are in weird spots now so but even you just go behind it you yank the cord it's plugged in somewhere well, true unplug it <laughs> And I mean, and while they and the other, the other thing with the the murder from the first episode, um, they sort of like they kind of brush that off. They frame the other guy. But is that really I guess it's not really over because they show that pink uh, piece of cloth uh, like in the garage. So I guess it could come back at some point in figuring out that they were there at, at some point. I think point. it will because he already seemed like he was a little weirded out by how. <laughs> One, she kind of gave herself away by being so sure, right? And then her, like, trying to brush it off when he was concerned. You got to play it a little cooler than that, Jules. Come on. It was very (laughs) obvious that you were covering for something. So I do think it will come back. Well, he's already shown that he's the curious type. Something was off, and so it didn't seem right. So he went and checked the apartment and found the snowboard, and then he was like, okay – there's definitely something off. And then he, you know, he starts to think that something's weird. So he actually files a missing portions report. So that, you know, that creates another thing. thing. Wouldn't this have automatically made the police somewhat question? Like, not I kept waiting for one of them to say, like the one cop did say, well, they grew up together or do you really think or whatever? I was waiting for him to say, do you think he really would have kept coming and ask yeah. what we were doing about his brother. So why would he come back to them and be like, I need to file a mistake? Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, like, why, why? What in your plan to get away with murder would be to keep asking the police if they know anything about your missing brother or where, you know, your brother that's disappeared or what have you. That was one of those things I was like, it's like, I get if you find the stuff that you have to at least question it, you know, like you found but he would have been a person of interest. He wouldn't have yeah. been, a re- like, especially because he is related to him. Of course, his blood might be in the. <laughs> like, like he would have taken in for questioning, finished. not necessarily arrested for murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have wanted to take him down and ask him some questions, not necessarily physically arrested him on just that. Frankly, receiving a message while he was in prison was the most incriminating part of it all, like making it look like. <laughs> Because it's not like that would have been hard for somebody to arrange. But I get how 
because of how all this stuff is you know laid out, how you've seen him act, it made sense for him to go to even question the guy that they caught, even though he was out of jail now. Like, but why would this random guy have you know just? Plus, it made no sense. They picked like a a child molester, and his brother's not like super young. So why would this guy even go after him? Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not perfect. Uh, which is why it leaves out. But also the idea that the cops are not exactly on the ball because they apparently sent the techs in and they sprayed the place with luminol and found some blood and then tested, you know, tested some blood from around the place, but didn't collect any other evidence or like, how do they not already have found the piece of pink fabric or or other things. Right, like, like, wouldn't they be crawling all over that place once they sound the blood and knew there had been a murder? <laughs> like, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't they have... That's... The the incompetence there is is one of those things that you're like, is that... Are they bad writing? That or... Bad, or, are they, or are they just doing it so that they can leave that that thread of pink fabric hanging out there, you know, for future seasons? I mean, I did like how they sort of clean uh, things up, but then also set things up for you know, future seasons, like they set up the the website, uh, which was another thing that bothered me, that it went live, and because there wasn't a message on there instantaneously, Ophelia was ticked off, and I was like, it just went live. It would take at least 20 seconds for somebody to type a message. <laughs> like, <laughs> because there was nothing there to type a message into <laughs> until it went live. So, yeah, that little tension-filled scene at the end just didn't quite make sense, but I did like that they set it up. Like the other thing that didn't make sense, like you were saying about the, that her title nine trial was necessarily going to go her way was I somehow missed. I thought that that dude was, I didn't know that there was, he wasn't the president of the university. Like there was, I knew there was something above him. I didn't know if it was some, what exactly was above him. Uh, I didn't know that there was just, and so I don't know exactly what that dude's role is now. Like, I don't remember what his job title was. There's often a board of trustees or something at a university. Yeah. So. That's what I thought that there was, was like some such thing like that, that it sort of forced his hand to, you know, to fire the cop and and stop things there, even though he, he showed that he didn't like having to do it. Uh, and so... It was weird. I was like, oh, wait, he's not the president? Okay, so, you know, so that was a little weird to me. Like, I didn't, I, maybe I just missed it. So now you, you see, I mean, at least it did go through, and then it gets overturned, but that allowed them to find, you know, or to keep searching for and find that this was not necessarily the first time he had done this. And uh, so I did like that the other guy sort of, you know, his drunk frat buddy, you know, sort of came around to like, yeah, this is, you know, you know I, I like, I like being a frat dude as much as anybody else, but, uh, dude, this is messed up. You know, like this, should, yeah. like, you know, that, that he felt bad and, and helped them out. Yeah. I also liked, I, I also liked when they were, uh, interviewing him about the case and he like, didn't want to incriminate himself. So he's like, I was just eating regular M&Ms. They weren't, they weren't even special or anything. But I think it was even his testimony over anybody else's testimony 
in the thing where when they asked him and when he said, you know, she was pretty drunk, like she could barely stand when she went upstairs. I think it was his testimony. And and I think that was also his real start of his realization of like what had probably actually transpired and that they had, you know, at least somebody come around uh, there on the other side since they still had all the other guys sort of backing him up at least uh, through there. What did you think of the, the creepy other rapist dude? Like, <laughs> you know, Hey, we have a common enemy uh, type of thing. I mean, it felt like just a setup for next. <laughs> it felt like a setup for next season. season but right? I mean, it did feel like something that would be a, a setup to cause problems for next season, but it also seems sort of weird. Like, like after the video and after all that stuff, like that gets out there, how, How are you even like, how are you even like walking around campus? Yeah. The other part of the story being that the city, which we've seen, apparently the cops are relatively incompetent and whatnot, but apparently, you know, the, the attorneys for the city are not, the city has been covering up things as well that have, that have made it because the university is so important to the finances of the city that they're. What did you think of that storyline as a as another thing to investigate? Yeah, they, I mean, they set that up. You got Harris, who's like infiltrating them. That's set up for the second season. So, I mean, it could be interesting because I mean, there's just only so much they can do with the college campus. They're going to have to branch out. Yeah, that's what I it. felt. It was like about showing that it's it's not just. Like giving them more stories to pull from, basically. Yeah, it wasn't just the it wasn't just the president trying to keep a rich family happy and the football team winning. I mean, I would say we already got a sense of that because of like the stepbrother and the stuff like that that was happening. Yeah. Right. Speaking of people all being on the same team, I did like Harris now knowing. Harris's reaction yeah. in the pizza place yeah. was the best. <laughs> although, although the pizza place thing bothered me because how would they, when they went into that place, how would they not see like these seven frat guys in the back room? Because they were like within whistling distance, like, and they didn't notice them when they walked into the pizza place. Like, they would have had to have cars or something, or she would, they would have known that those guys were back there. I don't know about cars because they were. Like the, the pizza place is right yeah. there across yeah. from the comic book store. So I mean, if they if they showed up, you know, if they showed up early enough and then people left, I could see, if, you know, they were they were like in the restroom and and stuff like that, not where they came in, you know, through the back door or whatever. Uh, so I I could see that being, you know, that working. Uh, I was glad that Ophelia had the like. What, what do you call those? Uh, like the batons with the, yeah. but the, the electrified ones. So it made like the cattle prod. Type yeah. of thing. <laughs> so that type of weaponry makes more sense for her being able to stave off multiple people, you know, like, cause we've already talked about her trainings come a long way in a short period of time. And we still don't know how Jules exactly uh, became the badass that, uh, uh, that she is. But, at least that made a little bit more sense. Uh, I was now even more. I was now bothered as well. I kept looking at her arms every time she didn't have long sleeves <laughs> on. After talking about it last episode, 
I completely. Uh, I only noticed the first episode that that happened, and then I forgot about it. I did. I do like that. Uh, that Harris knows. I also agree with Ophelia that he is the Bosley, not, not the Charlie. In the, no, Ophelia's Ophelia's boyfriend doesn't know, right? No. No. Because what was with the whole sweet, vicious invite at the end? Like, I didn't understand that. There was one on his door. Well, it had to do with the the girl down the hall that he was the girl that he was on, in yeah, on. Yeah, the night. girl that he was on a date with. Oh, okay. When, they, when Ophelia they were... was kind of blowing him off, and she ended up getting sexually assaulted or raped, and he was trying to, you know, keep an eye on her since nobody, you know, like nobody was taking her seriously or whatever or something, and so they had now, you know, we're going to incorporate that in somehow, you know. Because <laughs> during this episode, I started to question him. I'm like, is he just doing this because he knows that? Is he saying, like, he needs her help because he knows what she's doing and, like, he wants to catch her in the act? And well, so I didn't know if this was, like, a setup to... to well, I, like, I did like that Ophelia showed up and then he had a thing that he needed to do without any real explanation, <laughs> you know, which, was, yeah. which was always the other way around. Well, see, that's what made me suspicious of him. Like, is he, like, working for some other group... And he is just trying to set her up. No, I don't. That that would be too. That would be like too early on. Like when they they've met, you know, they had met before. Before she got involved. With before all this. any, yeah. yeah. Before anything had really happened. So, so that would be a a one of those that's like too much of a too coincidental. <laughs> like it's too it's too much. But overall, I thought they did a good job of of closing. You know closing off some storylines or, you know, finishing up the season and putting people in, you know, places where, you know, the one guy's still going to be questioning things about his brother. There's still the fabric that they could potentially get caught for that. There's now, what would you, uh, <laughs> you have the, you know, the, the sexual assaulters teaming up uh, potentially to try and get back uh, at people. You have what seems to be a bigger, I don't know necessarily conspiracy, but bigger thing happening where it's not just, you know, there's like almost like there's collusion between the school and the and the city, you know, to keep things quiet. Because, you know, like somebody said, if if you found out that there was all these rapes on campus, would you want to send your kid to that school uh, type of thing? But it still has it still has that one big thing out there and they left it out there. But I like that. I like that Jules finally, you know, seemed like she had at least dealt somewhat with the situation and uh, by actually reporting it and stuff like that. I like that the administration or part of the administration did believe her, uh, even though it got, you know, overturned. Uh, and it just put everybody in a in an interesting place for, you know, as they end, you know, we're going to be we're going to be really busy. So you could see it. There's there's potentially potential for a lot of sweet vicious takedowns they're gonna have to recruit that whole sorority and (laughs) they'll have teams to send out well speaking of the sorority the other the other scene i really liked that i thought was good was the one sorority sister uh that came up and talked to her in the kitchen Mm -hmm. they didn't know where she was and they just left but she was the you know quote-unquote security you know chair or whatever for the sorority and 
and how you know she she felt like she had failed, you know. And so everybody had interesting, you know, like Kennedy was in an interesting spot. Like she lost, you know, somebody that she was in love with because she hadn't seen like the full picture of who, you know, she'd only seen like a public persona of the guy, but also dealing with that she had been, you know, continuing to hang out with this guy. You know, so she was in an interesting spot too, as well. You know, like everybody had interesting things while they weren't the one that was raped, but the situation put them in, in interesting spots for how they would be feeling about it. Uh, you know, going forward. And I mean, it's almost a, a little weird where you see the person that was raped consoling the person that thinks they should have done more, you know, or sh- right. But is, yeah. you know, now implementing a new rule for that, you know, for the house, for, for parties and stuff like that, that they're, they go as a group and leave as a group uh, type of thing. The, uh, the <laughs> no sorority girl left behind <laughs> type of scenario. But now we just uh, that this uh, speaking of things, this is this, they haven't renewed this show, have they? Um, I don't remember. It, I, I can't remember either. Like they're so. Well, if we talk about it, then it'll be renewed next week, yeah. like all the others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's been renewed yet. I think it has. Yeah. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. If it well, if it works out the way, if if we talk about <laughs> a show that we like, <laughs> but we're not we we would like to see it come back. So far. This year, we're pretty good on getting those shows back, so let's keep that streak alive. And uh, it has yet to be renewed, still not yet. That's Sweet Vicious, and we'll move on to Arrow, season five, episode 10. Who are you? And so, Ray, what'd you think of (laughs) what'd you think of this episode? Um, there were some things I liked. The flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that they um, killed the um, Laurel statue that was awful and ugly. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I liked. Um, why can't I think of his name? Curtis. Curtis. Thank you. It's like you're reading my mind. I did like that. <laughs> Curtis went back to being the techie guy, and I hope that that continues because I miss him doing that stuff. <laughs> um, and I liked the other guy pointing out the obvious, like, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you do the thing that you're actually good at, dude? <laughs> um, what else did I like? I mean, it was nice to see Laurel, I guess, or not Laurel, as the case may be. See, my reaction when I saw her I was like, oh, she's back. <laughs> it was my first reaction. I believed it was her. And I, mean, I was like, see how it could be her. And that's, I mean, I'll give them props for saying, oh, no, there other people have come back to life. So it's. I love the line that the I love the line that the sisters have a tendency to not stay dead or whatever it was. <laughs> the, I, I did <laughs> like limb. that. I did like that they tried to give an explanation as to, you know, her sister used the wave rider and blah, blah, blah. The only problem I had with that explanation and, and any of them sort of buying that explanation is that it doesn't seem like if Sarah had actually done that, that she would have just dropped her off off. (laughs) and, and wouldn't have, wouldn't have like, 
drop around, would have stuck hey. around for a second, you know, to like say, yeah, I just couldn't, uh, I could, just couldn't leave it like this anymore. I had to, I had to fix it, even though, you know, even though it 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 goes against what they say they're whatever, I mean, well, that whatever they're doing on that other show. that team. Like there should be a way, a bat signal or something they can do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See that that bugged me. Like when I heard that explanation, I'm like, no, th- I don't want this to be a thing where they can bring back anyone. <laughs> like I thought this was against their rules, and so that was bugging me. Like too, when she came back, so I was glad that it wasn't her. But also, and the other thing that bugged me is how do they not have like earplugs or something to block that siren call. Someone must have developed that by now, especially when she was part of their team. They would have figured out something to to get rid of it. To protect themselves against it. I can't remember if on Flash, if they... They also haven't fixed their security on Flash, so you know. (laughs) I can't remember if they did something They put them in a cell and they forget about them. (laughs) I mean, they did do something to be able to stop her and obviously catch her on, on Flash and put her uh, it seemed like they did do something. Was it just that dampening gun that they used at the end? I don't know. Or they didn't have the, or they didn't have that tech, you know, like they used something, but they didn't spread it around since they had caught. The, the, uh, the we don't person. need this anymore. Yeah, we well, we don't need to give it to anybody else. Cause I mean, it, it could be something like that. Plus, yeah, for them, it was, you know, it gave <laughs> story-wise, it gave you know, Curtis something to do. Uh, to figure out, it was sort of fun to have, you know, when they have like the bad version of these characters and stuff like that. I did like, <laughs> I did like Curtis processing through the idea that there's doubles of <laughs> of everybody on Earth too, and and wondering if he was straight over there or like what the difference would be. But some of these other things too, I think, shouldn't this maybe have been. I mean, I know it's a new team that you've put together, but like how much, how much of the details of like the world of which we live in now as, uh, and what we, what we could potentially have to deal with. Do you not tell the rest of the team? We're just going to update you as it happens. Yeah, it's, it's, on a, it's on a need to know basis. And you, until now you didn't need to know that there was possibly. It would be okay if I, if they did it and they did it like, a, oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> Well, because you would have thought it would have come up when the whole crossover thing happened, because how do you explain like Supergirl and all that stuff? Yeah, I don't. It's <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> you know, this is this is the thing. Like they they do good on one thing or, you know, on some stuff, but then other stuff, it seems like they just hand wave it away. Like it'll just nobody will question I mean, it, it becomes a, well, we need that to get to the thing we want to get to. And you're like, but what, how did you get the, that? <laughs> and then I get stuck on how did, how is that a thing uh, in these worlds? And they've only, you know, helped to make it more complicated when, cause I was at the, the same place. Like somebody in the episode does say it like, wait, I thought they were trying to stop changes from happening. Like, I thought that was their deal. Like, why would they all of a sudden just go make this one big change this late in the, you know, like in the game type of thing? It's like they have someone like reading fan criticism boards and (laughs) (laughs) throwing in lines. 
<laughs> like that. Like that. I forgot this room existed. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other thing, like, and now they're going to go find a new black siren or black canary. Sorry. How many, like, I forget how she even got her power. Like, anyone can just make this sound uh, if they want. And... Well, Laurel's was a, it was a, it was tech. It wasn't, for Black Siren, it was actual something that happened to her. Because it seems like the replacement that they're going to recruit, she seems to already have this ability unless she has tech. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There was, I think mostly there she just threw people through the window. I don't know that she, like, <laughs> yelled them through she the window. She definitely screamed, though. Yeah, she did have a scream. Yeah. She had- well, they kind of had something, but they didn't show you anything. And so they just had her standing there at the end. I'm going to do that. But you, nobody knows what that was because you didn't see it. Uh, they probably ran out of budget uh, for the episode. <laughs> just like, we'll just have them fly out the window. I guess. I don't know. There was there was some sort of screech or scream or something, but it wasn't like a continual blast of sonic sound, you know, sonic sound, you know, as opposed to the other kind. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like it wasn't a an extreme long belting of of something that uh that happened. But if you say so, Jason. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I, I thought I thought we saw streams of sound, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was just a sound. I can't remember. I just remember them saying, What are you gonna do? And then there was some sort of noise and stuff, but not to me it wasn't like you saw Bad Lord, like a, a car of the you just saw them. You just saw them fly out the window. <laughs> mm. But I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out because apparently that's the uh, the better replacement for the Black Canary instead of a statue would be to have just you know somebody else wearing the costume. The statue is probably cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> what did the flashbacks in this episode even have to do with the episode? <laughs> Uh, I I thought it was going to be, well, you saw the woman that saved him, like who was dressed like the arrow. Yeah. It's so I assume it was just to lead up to that. It's another person. It's another thing that he trained with who apparently he believes that Prometheus trained with as well. So so it it ties in, it ties in there. They never tie in much. (laughs) Like (laughs) I, I like the thing is every episode, I forget about the flashbacks and then I literally groan as soon as it starts the first flashback. Somehow I block it out each week that there's flashbacks and I completely forget until the first one shows up. You're not just fast forwarding through those with the commercials as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at this arrow and arrow episodes only 31 minutes. (laughs) Look at that. All right. So yeah, that's, that's arrow. Again, another one of those that I still enjoy, like the characters playing off of each other and and uh, some of the stuff like I liked in this episode, Felicity not trusting the situation and, you know, doing the doing the DNA test. But but also finally realizing from, you know, different things like, I mean, I knew I didn't think it was going to be Laurel. It, it sounded like it was going to be fake. It seemed like it was going to be Black Siren. But when she reached for the champagne and then stopped and reached and went for the water, you were like, uh, that's the 
that's the thing now that, or that should have been the sign that like Felicity's like, yeah, that's the, uh, uh, except Felicity had put this all together for no other reason, to, but to get her. There had DNA. to be an easier way to get a <laughs> DNA sample. <laughs> have a welcome back party uh, right after you lost somebody. Uh, Could she have I, literally just gotten her a glass of water at the lab? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like, let's celebrate because this other guy died. <laughs> let's celebrate, everyone. Yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't know. There's always something that you can question, but uh, overall, I still uh, enjoy them and keep keep watching. So that will move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is The Magicians, uh, season two, episode one, Night of Crowns, which was the season premiere, a show that uh, Ray is not watching. So, so Kyle, I'll ask you, what do you think about? How they got out of the uh, cliffhanger from it season was one. <laughs> <laughs> it was so – like you're expecting some big amazing thing and I just sort of like hand wave it away. It's like, oh, OK, we're, she just disappeared and we're all OK now. And so that that was a little disappointing. Well, it was like, because this, she was super magical because she had drank, drank the potion. She had extra abilities. Granted, one of those abilities wasn't to be able to retach. It was to be able to – bring people back from being dead apparently but not reattach hands yeah you gotta go uh to the guy uh who you need to tip <laughs> always remember to tip him <laughs> always tip yes always tip the guy at the healing waters <laughs> because otherwise he might put a little spell on you i i mean this seemed more of like a a setup episode. Like there wasn't a whole lot that happened. Well, I it mean, was. We got... it was a setup for season two to get yeah, things yeah. going for where they are now. I thought it was a little bit too, I don't know, maybe too quick, but at least it made sense in a world of magic. Also yeah. being in a magical world, uh, you know, on a, you know, in another world, another universe type of thing or whatever, that it would make sense that, you know, these things are going to happen, but it literally happens so fast and kind of in flashback form that while he's off running to try and find some help, uh, she comes back too and then brings everybody else uh, back as well. I did like some of the other stuff, like uh, the guy that was protect, you know, the, the old guy protecting the crowns and... He had been out so long that the only trivia he had for only Earth trivia he had was from the nineties. Well, I love the questions at first. He's asking him like, "Are specific? Like, what is a famous Tim Daly show?" And they're like, "Um, he's been in a few things." Okay, how about this other one where it's like the children of a famous musician are now also famous musicians? <laughs> but but they were like. Uh, yeah, the, what, what, wasn't that a Hold On by Wilson Phillips? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the Dirty Dancing speech yeah. was just amazing, <laughs> amazing to watch. He does the whole thing. Uh, yeah, the whole closing speech before the dance, and the, then the guy is like, all right, here's your crowns. <laughs> like, you, you passed. Uh, that's the thing within the show. Like, they, while there is super dark stuff happening. They do weave this sort of funny thread through it that there is some comedy to it, even though they're in this really bad, you know, they're in this really bad spot. You know, things are not great. Uh, I mean, when your other storyline is, uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, Julia. Yeah. Julia. Julia. 
when you have Julia trying to get revenge on a on a god for having everybody killed and been brutally raped that's pretty, it doesn't get much darker than that and yet they have this conversation in like a children's play area <laughs> ball pit which i'm sure was chosen by which is where they yeah which is where they like come back from the other world into it's uh yeah like yeah like they have the, the conversation to make the deal in what's basically a chuck e cheese you know so like there's this weird sort of undercurrent of humor in in a show that has you know people getting their hands chopped off and you you know you finding out various bad things about you know like the author of the book and and things like that that are pretty i mean saying they're dark almost doesn't even really cover it you know it's really <laughs> more evil uh, type of uh type of things going on but no i enjoyed the you know well, I agree that it was too quick, almost too quick of how they, they, they almost literally hand waved it away or hand in hand in a box. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least you can sort of. At least it makes more sense within a magical world than in when those type of things take place in other types of stories. Yeah, and it it seems more magical in in a not magical story, and it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. But I I. I thought it did set things up well. I think the next episode, uh, you know, continues that on. And uh, I don't know. I, re I just, I just really, I really like the show because it's different than, it's different than I thought it was going to be. And it's different than other things on. And, uh, you know, it's got magic. And Although now after seeing the OA on Netflix, whenever I see them do their magical things, that's all I can picture is is the OA because they do stuff like that on, on that. <laughs> the hand motions. It's just it messed me up now. I always thought that was an interesting thing that they did on this show for, you know, where they weren't just, it wasn't always just a spell or something that it was part of, you know, it was part of the spell or part of what you were doing is you had to, you know, move your hands and do certain gestures and stuff in a certain way. Uh, you weren't just like, <laughs> you know, Alakazam and, <laughs> you yeah. know, and you point at something and it does what you wanted it to do or something. I think it's, you know, it's an interesting world in which they've uh, created. And uh, I look forward to watching more of it. Yep. Same here. And we'll move on to our last show on the list, uh, which is Riverdale season one, episode one, which is chapter one, the river's edge, which was of course the series premiere uh, could they have alluded to Twin Peaks anymore in this episode? What? <laughs> I actually expected. I thought to we were not... watching Twin Week. Twin Week. <laughs> yeah, like... I actually expected to not see the body. I thought he was going to come back and and just suddenly appear at the end, like alive. But not the case. But yes, it was very Twin Peaks like. I mean, it was a lot Twin Peaks like. <laughs> well, from the small town in a sort of wooded setting, the diner that, that has a the, that has a river the way going they through did it. The body thing. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't wrapped in plastic, was it? No, no but he kind of looked like he was. He wasn't though. But he was wearing all white, you know, when they went out. But then everybody was there, which I was like, "This is weird. Why would all these people be?" Here? 
Like, and it wasn't like it was people. I would have understood like the his family being there, right? But I didn't understand why everybody else, <laughs> all of well, our main players, yeah. nobody else, <laughs> and then, were there. <laughs> yeah, nobody else from the. Uh... Like the small town, like if if these people would have come, wouldn't other people have come uh, to see right? what was going on at the river? Uh, maybe there just wasn't enough room. They were they were there. They were just behind those people. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> that was a little odd at the end. That it was a little artsy the way they. Yeah, and they had uh, <laughs> they had you know all the different things. I I did like some of the things that they. I mean, that mystery is. Kind of interesting because you go, so what's the deal with the sister? Like uh, when you find a body with a bullet in the head, it doesn't really jive with the story that she told. Apparently he fell out and drowned, but then got shot later. You know? Or <laughs> maybe he fell out because of the shot and <laughs> yeah. somehow she didn't hear it. <laughs> I mean, she was already suspicious before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they, you know, they gave everybody something. They gave everybody a connection to somebody, you know, somebody else whether it was the parents who have connections to other parents or uh you know you have the new you know the new girl at school but from the disgraced family you know you had a lot of you know the high school cliches and stuff in there i think the one that bothered me the most is that i want to know that why pretty much as a society every time a story comes out about a teacher and a student it is the worst thing ever. It's terrible. How can this happen? What were she or he? But usually you tend to hear these, you know, the female teacher with the male student. Yet, for some reason, this is a major teen soap thing that we go to all the time. And like every teen, whether it's Pretty Little Liars or, you know, this or, you know. You, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, <laughs> It, all I can think of is this is the Pacey Miss Jacobs uh, it just story always, it always happens and it's it's so supposed to be so romantic and uh, you know and uh, you know sexy and all this stuff yet if the story broke you know the teacher would be vilified and run out of town and possibly put in jail well all I can say is one Kate Berlanti is an executive producer <laughs> Oh, this is another Berlanti show. Um, yes. Two. Did who who wrote was it a man who wrote this very first episode? Because <laughs> I feel like it's some fantasy that <laughs> I never knew existed. But <laughs> yeah, it is is the is the hot. Teacher. I mean, we never see it the other way because the other way is super creepy. Like you would immediately go to that's like. <laughs> A definite. I mean, it is a predator situation this direction as well, FYI. But I think you don't ever see that portrayed because it. You immediately go there instead of ever thinking it's could even be somewhat acceptable, right? When it's a, um, a male teacher hitting on a female correct. student. Except yeah. everybody. Except that there's. Except on Pretty Little Liars, they're the uh, what? They're the OTP or whatever. A male teacher well, and a female student. I think you're the only one watching Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> you're the yeah, only ma- you're the only male that, watching Pretty Little Liars. Not, but that, whether you whether you watched it all or you watched just the beginning, that's something that happens right at the beginning of the series. But they're but they're continually portrayed, you know, even as things happen, as the they're the couple. Yet, 
you know, after a five-year time jump, it it makes you know, yeah. it's it's a little less. But that's one of the few that's actually gone the other direction. You usually see it, I think, more with the male uh-huh. student, female teacher. But I just wonder why, to me, as a society, we seem to jump in and enjoy these shows or continue to watch these things, but yet they continually pull this storyline that uh, if they were, if it was happening in in real life, we would be sickened by. Well, maybe they will be once it comes <laughs> to light and she'll be run out of town. And... Well, that's the way it would happen in the story, but it's not portrayed that way for the audience. I don't have I don't have an answer for you. It's just one of those wells yeah. they always go to for freaking teen stories. Yeah, I guess because it's one of those forbidden things, so that's a storyline for a teen story. I don't know. It's played out, is what it is. Yeah. So, but in general, what did you think, Ray, of of Riverdale? Uh, all the teen cliches aside. <laughs> I mean, it was a little too twins peak twin peaksy for me. It's also. A little too teenagery for me. Apparently, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> You're the what you officially become roughly the same age as the parents in a teen drama. It starts to be a little weird. Well, I think it's also just, I, I mean, at some point you're just like, yeah, I've seen all these, it's what you're talking about there. Like, you've seen all these stories. Like, and if I haven't seen these stories in a teen <laughs> thing, I've seen this story. In, I can see the parallel that you're making. To tw- it doesn't help that I just recently watched, watched rewatched Twin, Twin, Peak. Twin Peaks. So like, it's like I re- when I was watching, I'm like, I feel like I'm actually watching Twin Peaks right now. Like it's so. Uh, I'm sure they'll go away from it now, but um, I'm sure it was just to set the mood, right? I don't know. Is it that you've been watching teen dramas since Luke Perry was one of the teens and is now the <laughs> father in the show? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I like teen drama, so I can't say I don't know what it is, but there's something about the slickness of it that I think as a teenager I would have loved. But as an adult, like um, it's not the kind of teen drama. I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched. What have I watched recently that was teen? I mean, Sweet Vicious is not teen, but it's not exactly it's like just on the edge of teen. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, they yeah. they could be like 19, maybe or yeah. so, because they're they're in their sophomore year, I think. Right? Whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, Harris is a grad student. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Point is, I I I don't know if it's the teen thing. Whatever it is, when I was watching it, I just was sitting there going, um, <laughs> like I see what would appeal to people about the show, but I'm not sure it's the show for me. I'm gonna watch another episode, but. I'm not sure how far I'll go beyond that. Like, I wasn't really into what's the Cheryl Blossom? Is that her name? Yeah. Um, the sister. Like, she was a little too, too. Mean girl. <laughs> yeah, a little too mean. Like, she was a little too much. Like, I need to see a <laughs> something that would actually make me. I mean, she's probably too, too mean girl to have actually been the one who killed her brother, right? Like, it's like they were trying to make her look like the guilty party so much so that you'll she won't of course be the guilty party in the end but um i don't know it's so far for the record because we're not really even talking about it being (laughs) um betty and veronica (laughs) archie like it's so far from that (laughs) oh yeah it's not like the happy uh although now they're doing like the Archie versus the Predator and things in the comics. So <laughs> they've gone way, 
Yeah, it's not the it's not anything similar to the original, but it is, I guess, similar to some different versions of it that they've done more recently. Yeah. And so if you haven't seen any of the more recent versions of the Archie comics uh, and just like the regular version of the Archie comics, not the the dead Archie comics or the the various takes they've done, uh, you know, to play into these other types of uh, genres, but the, you know, sort of the main take that they tweak things up and did things differently. What did you think of the Jughead Jughead as narrator? Guys, I'm over voiceovers. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, he was barely in it, so we didn't really know the character yet from what, at least the first episode. So, I, I, I mean, I'm okay with it for now but if it's gonna always be there we'll see but it seems like it will be well the the thing was is he seemed to i was he talking about it from like present or is he talking about it like this happened in the past because in some situations like it seemed like he knew he wasn't there but he seemed to know what was either going to happen or happened like when he said you know two hearts broke that night or whatever. He wasn't there to see what the actual conversation was or what had happened or, or he was just figured that would happen based on what he had barely gleaned from the situation. Yeah. Cause he even met Veronica yet. <laughs> like. uh, so I don't know. It was. Unless he was there in the diner in the background and we just, uh... <laughs> he's always, he's we always there, he the, there. He's always there. He's always the there observing. Yeah. <laughs> If the if you just turn the camera, he's standing behind a tree, or you know, it's like where's exactly. Jughead uh, in the scene? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if that worked exactly. Unless you tell me, unless I get a a good sense of from what perspective he's telling the story. Like, is this something he's you know looking back on, or or how that all works? Because you you usually get you usually you either have like narration like Jane the Virgin, where it's an all scene you know, narrator, or if that's somebody in the story narrating, they can only tell you what they were thinking about any given situation or things that they saw or, or were about to do or what have you not insights into what other people were necessarily thinking or was happening to other people. So I don't know. That was, that didn't quite work for me. I think maybe since I've never really watched like fully watch through Twin Peaks, you know, just seen enough to to be able to, to, you know, like get the jokes when Psych did a Twin Peaks episode type of thing or to see that this is very much, at least in the beginning here, very much an, an homage to <laughs> Twin Peaks. When people were calling it Gossip Girl meets Twin Peaks, I was like, okay. And then you're just like, oh, my God, that's almost exactly – that's not like – because it has a little bit of the style of this thing and, and it's a teen drama like this thing. It, it was like – almost was like that's exactly what it is. And it was almost too much on the nose. Uh, yet there were some interesting story threads that they set up that kind of have you wondering like what's going on. But I think I'm – in the same place as you, Ray, like I'll probably watch another episode or, or two to see, you know, where some of these things go. And if it fully, fully hooks me or if it just becomes another, uh, yeah, I've seen, 
I've seen enough of this type of stuff for right now. How about you, Kyle? Or where are you in the? Yeah, I'm sort of in, sort of somewhat the same place. Like I thought there was so much information in this pilot, like so many characters to keep track of. I mean. I don't know if they're hoping that you know something about the comics because, like, just trying to like you have everyone's everyone all the teens and then all their parents and all the different things that's going on is tough to keep track of uh, after a little while. But uh, like like you, I I've seen less Twin Peaks than you. I probably saw like the pilot and maybe that's it. But I mean, I got the reference, but that wasn't like that didn't bother me at all. Like any kind of relation to that um one thing that i liked at first and then it started to bug me after a while was veronica's like fast talking pop culture references like it just seemed like non-stop like with the blue jasmine and the madman and and the one i did like was when she referred to archie as like teen outlander that one that i thought was funny but uh like uh yeah i i'm interested but not it wasn't something that was like oh i have to see the next episode right now but i'm curious to see more and see how it it plays out like especially with there actually being a murder now to see who who did it and how that investigation goes while all the other stuff plays out i did think it was interesting that they set while by the end of the episode something you know something happens that is not great between (laughs) Betty and Veronica, you know, that could be a little bit of a problem. I did like that. They set it up as those two aren't like right necessarily rivals that she actually comes to, you know, Betty's aid and tries to help her out in different situations. And they kind of become friends kind of quickly. Uh, And you see that Veronica's trying to, you know, she saw what it was like to be that other type of person. And then when things fell apart, where, what happened, you know, and, you know, did she have any, you truly have any friends type of thing and wants to be a different person. And so I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Cause you kind of think of them as the fighting over Archie, the rivals over Archie type of thing. Yeah. I was, I was surprised when they did that, where she invited her to go to, with the dance to the, to the dance with them. Like I, I liked that, that it wasn't all about, Archie, like who's going to get Archie and and that. Yeah, or when she fa- found out that Betty had a thing for him, that she sort of like was like, well, I won't. Went from like, I'd be interested in, <laughs> I'd be interested in that to, why don't you say something? Why and tries to actually help her out, you know, into that yeah. thing. And while you know they get set up to be put in a <laughs> a bad position or whatever, that kind of messes with that a little bit. Yeah, I expected her to be more like Cherry Blossom, and then she actually turned out to be like a really nice person. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. She's like the re- re- trying to reform yeah. <laughs> uh, type of thing. And so I thought that was a, at least an, you know kind of an interesting potential uh, relationship going forward amongst all the other things. But, you know, some things seem just like a little, a little much, you know, uh, and... There was a lot of characters and side characters and things to set up in that first episode that they, you know, and they try and give you a little hint of everything, including, you know, like the, like Josie and the band and all these other things around it that they, uh, that they set up 
that it seems like it'll take maybe a few episodes to fully get those characters introduced uh, and how how are they may play or not play into the overall story. So, yeah, I guess we're all pretty much, though, in the place where we'll check out another episode or so and, and see what happens. Yeah, and speak to that, I know where Josie fits into the show. She fits into selling iTunes music <laughs> <laughs> as another form yes. of, of oh, income. Oh, original songs, you know. <laughs> Well, they had the Cindy Lauper song this yeah. week. I don't know if they made except that available. For, yeah, except for this one time by special request. <laughs> uh, well, clearly he's also going to be a source of yes. music of itself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is perfectly fine with me. If you want to find something else that you can do to help fund your show <laughs> or make money off the show that potentially could keep a show on, you know, if it's a show worth staying on, but then uh, I'm all I'm all for that type of stuff. So, you know, so go go for it. But with that, that'll do it for uh, prime time. Uh, as always, be interested in hearing your thoughts on any of the shows where the where the Arrowverse stands as it as it has returned, uh, where Sweet Vicious ended, and how things have uh, started up here on Riverdale and season two of The Magicians. Uh, let us know at uh, feedback at tvtimes three dot com or at tvtimes three on Twitter. And we'll move on to our recommendations. Uh, first up is my recommendation is 24 Legacy, uh, which starts uh, after this little thing called the Super Bowl on Sunday. Never heard of Never it. Never heard of it. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's, uh, on Sunday, February 5th. And then the second episode plays on Monday the 6th, which will be its regular time slot going forward. And I, I really like the new – I like the new setup that they have. I like the new characters. It's very much similar to by two episodes in, there's like 50 people that you're unsure of. And 12 of them are moles. As to who who or what could possibly be uh, behind some of this or what people's motivations might be and, you know, all of that stuff. But it has, uh, you know, it has some good action. It also sort of borrows from, you know, like a, a SEAL team that was tasked with taking out a terrorist and then was brought back and given new identities to protect them. But then they get found out and, you know, that sort of kicks things off as to why they're found out and what could possibly be coming down the, uh, down the line that puts one of them in the place to be right in the middle of the action to be the new Jack Bauer type of character. And uh, I think, I think he's pretty good and I enjoyed the, well, the first three episodes so far. So I'd say if you were a fan of 24, definitely worth checking out. But even if you weren't, you know, if you didn't like <laughs> uh, that one, maybe you'll like this one. But that's that's my recommendation. And uh, what do you got, Kyle? Uh, so I just say I haven't, I haven't seen the 24 Legacy yet, but I saw a clip at Comic-Con. It definitely looked very much the same type of action and... And so, yeah, I look forward to checking that out. Uh, so my uh, recommendation is, uh, so Sam Esmail, who uh, is the creator of Mr. Robot, he released a book, I think it was a couple weeks ago, called Red Wheelbarrow. And it's um, 
it's basically Elliot's journal that he wrote that you see him writing in the second season of the show. And so the physical book is like, it looks like a composition book, but like when you go through it, there's like all these like newspaper clippings and articles and there's like stuff spilled on the, on the pages. And it's like drawings from Mr. Robot making comments, uh, throughout Elliot's journal. So it's like a very interesting physical book. But I, I've also been listening to the audiobook, which is narrated by Hot Carla, who does like uh, a Christian Slater. She does a Christian Slater voice as well as Elliot, like when she's reading Elliot's thing. And then also makes her own comments because the story is like she found this journal and she was going to burn it and then she didn't burn it. And so like she made her own notes into into the journal. And so it's a really hilarious uh audiobook like she just like makes all kinds of comments while like in the middle of reading the book and like she does the the christian slater type of voice when he's writing on the stuff that he's writing and so it's it's really interesting book definitely not one you want to listen with kids in your car if you're listening (laughs) there's lots of f-bombs and and other uh graphical things drawn in the book uh, that you don't want uh to listen to but I, I highly recommend either format but I, I found the audiobook to be uh, especially entertaining alright so sounds like something especially if you're a big Mr. Robot fan you know something to keep you you know something else to delve into that world with while you're waiting for more episodes of that show to come and uh, how about you Ray what is what is your recommendation? What is my recommendation so my recommendation is not a show <laughs> However, because last week when we were searching for Schitt's Creek, I listened to a podcast last week in which they were talking about this site called InstantWatcher.com, which lets you search um, Netflix or Amazon or both. It actually lets you search for podcasts, too. Not this podcast, however. Um, Anyway, um, it lets you search for, like, episodes, shows themselves, but episodes and um seasons so you can find out if those shows are on Amazon or Netflix quickly. So I thought I would just recommend it in case anybody's uh not that you can't go to those sites and look, but it's just a quick way to check both of them at the same time. Sounds like they need to add in like a uh, Hulu <laughs> and uh... Well it also has a if we if we had checked this site <laughs> we probably could have seen that Shits Creek was coming to Netflix because it does have a expiring slash upcoming as well. So you can see if something is going out or if something is coming to Netflix sometime soon. Yeah, I know that there's a, like another site called like Can I Stream It that searches a bunch of like Hulu and other places. But I'm, I'm looking at this one now. This has a much nicer, cleaner interface. This, yeah, and if uh, you like, if you click watching. into the thing, it lists lists each episode and lets you have a quick uh, um, way to play the episode. So, like, if you're searching for a specific episode and you want to know if it's available, um, the play button will actually take you right to watching the that episode. Well, and it lets you add it to your Netflix queue and everything. So, all right, so sounds it like just a... has some quick little things on it that I found useful. So I thought I would pass along. It does sound useful because there is. Always, you know, you you think about a show and you're like, and I, I've I've done that <laughs> recently with things like you go on and you search Amazon. You're like, well, I could rent it. How about Netflix? Nope, it's yeah, not there. So you have to, <laughs> you know, to search like, through some things before you figure out what it is you can do. But this one, like, it brings it right up if you can stream it. So 
It's yeah. kind of nice. Especially nice for us podcasters who are usually doing it as we're in the middle of the episode. Like, can you get that somewhere? Yeah, yeah all of a sudden. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> I say as I'm looking at this site on my phone while podcasting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we just planned to talk about Shit's Creek, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned it as something, you know, you should watch. And I was like, I wonder if that's on you were up the streaming Creek service. Without a streaming service? <laughs> yeah, without a streaming paddle. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So so that sounds like uh, something useful. I'm going to check it out after we finish recording here. See, yep. see and it, it lets like. you, by the way, um, specify, like, if you want HD, if you... You know, if for some reason you don't want to watch any G-rated shows, you could take those out of your <laughs> anything that you could specify. I would only like TVMA. Thanks. <laughs> I would like some adult viewing, not that kind of adult viewing. Though I guess you can search it as well. <laughs> anyway. On, yeah, on that on note. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I will just tell you uh, that if you go on to – well, pretty much anything, and search for Triple X, you will find more than the Vin <laughs> Diesel movie. Let me, that's, really? <laughs> that's, I just wanted to know if, if if the previous versions were on Amazon. They are, <laughs> but so is some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Well, they are for... Well, they so are what do for, they call the Triple X Triple X movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I'm sure there's... A, I'm sure there's probably a version of that as well. I guess I didn't know about how have I never watched Triple X State of the Union? That's I what totally I was looking forgot for. It even existed. <laughs> yeah, that's the movie I was looking for, but I just typed in Triple X and it was like Triple X, Triple X State of the Union, the trailer for the next one, and then the next thing was let's just say it was I was surprised that you could even find that on Amazon. <laughs> apparently they are See, the world's bookmark, largest bookmark that one for later. They are the world's largest store. But yet the same thing on Netflix, when I searched to see if it was on Netflix, which it uh, was not, it brought up some, you may also be interested in these types of movies. Instant watchers just return zero matches. I'm not sure I, I ever would have thought Netflix would. Well, Netflix is more of... But it came to your house and it was in your like previous like yeah. <laughs> recently watched queue. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the Netflix one was more of the like the associated things to the search were more of things like you might have found on you know like you know the joke you'd find on Cinemax uh, type of thing. Uh, there was there was a there was a few of those types of movies along with for whatever reason Captain America, <laughs> Winter Soldier, and other things that. Were, which are, are associated with Triple X as an action movie. <laughs> the others were associated with, I don't know, getting some action. I think we've we've more than killed off that topic. And got... by the way, I do remember this Triple X State of the Union. I'm, I, it's coming back to me now. Ice Cube. Yes, I I did finally watch that. It was terrible. Uh, I did enjoy somewhat the return of Xander Cage, which was. Better than State of the Union, but I wouldn't say it, it was as good as uh, the original Triple X. And that's our TV Times Three movie review. For, <laughs> we 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 reviewed Triple X, which seems to fit, and we reviewed all three of them. Uh, so <laughs> keeping the the threes all all involved there, 
Uh, but with that, uh, as always, you can find links uh, to our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 355. Uh, we'll have uh, links to the uh, the Mr. Robot audiobook and uh, instantwatcher.com in case you forget that. You can always find out what that – what was that site? You can always go to tvtimes3.com slash 355. And uh, next week, uh, Amory and Ivy will be uh, joining me. We'll probably talk a little bit about some uh, Super Bowl commercials, uh, maybe dive into 24 Legacy uh, a little more since it will have aired uh, by then. And uh, Will the Expanse have premiered then? Yeah, I think it will have. So pro- probably the Expanse I thought that's well. why you put Ivy on there on purpose, so he could talk about the Expanse. Well, uh, yeah, the I, now that I think about it, the, the Expanse has a two-hour uh, – uh, they're playing the first two episodes uh, after the magician's second episode. Yeah, this uh, February first. Yeah, that will probably also be on the list. So that'll that'll be what you can look forward to on the uh, next episode of TV Times Three. And uh, thank you, uh, Kyle and Ray, for uh, joining me for episode three fifty five. No problem. Me.